Doesn't seem to be anybody around here. There surely must be somebody in the place. The following is a production of Dirty Mo Media. Hello, very very big dirty here. Shall I take your hat and coat? That might make a good story. Oh, I'm afraid I'm not much of a hand at storytelling. You tell us things. Where did this remarkable experience occur? Does this fellow seem to have any fear of the chair? Not at all. Totally unconcerned. No, the phenomena I've been describing is not as easily explained as what you've just heard. I believe the legend is about to come true. Hey everybody, it's Dale Jr. back again for another episode of the Dale Jr. Download. Uh, today's show, we're going to have Carl Larson come on and talk about his road to recovery, his road back, his road of his his, his story of second chances. Um, excited to hear, you know, what he's what he's going to tell us. We're also going to get Rick Hendrick in the studio well on a Zoom call, actually. And Rick's going to give us his side of the story as an owner, um, why he wants to team up with Kyle Larson. Uh, I think I know the answers to that question, but let's see what he has to say. Mike Davis is here. Matthew Dillner, Leah, everybody in the house. So, Mike, uh, we've been, I've been trying to get Kyle to come on the show for a long time. Months. I uh, reached yeah. out to him, and he said, look, I'm not ready yet. Uh, but I will uh, be happy to come on and talk to you when I am ready. Well, um, the time is now. Um, as things are starting to uh, come to light about what his plans are for the future, uh, we're going to get a chance to speak to him. So uh, I, I know you're pretty excited about this, too. I'm looking forward to it. You know, listen, everybody needs to, you know, always be striving to become better versions of themselves. And so a lot of times you glean information from other people's experiences. And listen, for, you know, for better or for worse, Kyle Larson has gone through uh, an experience. And I think everybody wants to see, is he changed? What's happened? I, I, I think that if, if you don't feel like he is, then it'll come through. It, you know, people are pretty smart when it comes to that stuff. So I'm eager to get him in here and let's literally have a conversation with him and see, you know, like, well, you know, what we can take out of this. And, uh, you know, I'm excited for him. Uh, I, I love redemption stories. I love it when people, you know, extend grace in places where you don't have to. I think that we're seeing that out of uh, Mr. Hendrick. Uh, I think we're seeing that out of uh, you know the NASCAR community, but I don't think it comes without a price. And and I, I'm curious to see if he has, you know, paid that price and what he's going to be doing in the future. Hey, download listeners, supervising producer Andrew Curlin here. Are supply chain issues still disrupting operations? Well, let me tell you, Gray Bar has you covered. They are the leader in distribution of electrical, communications, data networking, and industrial products. Professionals across the country rely on Graybar's nationwide logistics network to get them what they need, when and where they need it, and within budget. That's right, and they're operating with one clear mission, to serve as the vital link in the supply chain, adding value for customers and suppliers with innovative solutions and services. Let me tell you, here's what makes them different, is you know being able to effectively navigate supply chains 
to get products on site and on time is so crucial these days. And Graybar's nationwide logistics network is a game changer in keeping projects on task. So when you need a hand powering, connecting, or maintaining your operations, join thousands of professionals who rely on Graybar to help keep them up and running. Check out Graybar. Visit graybar.com to start an order today. All right. Do we want to bring in... Do we want to bring in our guest, Kyle Larson? Let's bring him in. From the age of five, Kyle Larson has only wanted to be a race car driver. When I get out of high school, I'd like to maybe move to Indiana and run with the USAC guys or... I just, I don't like having to wait six days to go racing. He spins him out. Larson wins at Daytona. Oh my. As he comes to the checkered flag, Kyle Larson's going to win in the Sprint Cup Series. Larson out to the immediate lead. Larson all over Shuhart, down the back stretch into three and four. Shuhart slides up the banking Larson turns underneath him and steals the win. An unreal finish at River City Speedway. Here he is, y'all. Yeah, there he is. Come on in, buddy. How you doing? I'm good. Yeah. Good. All right, man. So, hey, I've asked you to come on the show uh, many months ago. I know you've been busy doing a lot of things, racing, and uh, working your way back to try to get reinstated. So, we appreciate you coming on. Just want to catch up with you, man. See how you're doing. The news that I guess you are officially reinstated. Yeah. Right? Yep, officially. And so, help me understand what what the process is like mm-hmm. um i you know when i don't think anybody really knows exactly what a driver has got to go through to get reinstated and what's nascar expect out of you in that process yeah so um you know right after i got suspended um you know i went home to california just to be around family but uh, while i was out there i started um you know, my sensitivity training and, and it was a little different i think than normal just uh because of covid mm-hmm. so it was all on zoom and uh, and you got to do some things um, there to, to learn, you know, more about, um, you know, my derogatory term that, I, that I'd used. And, um, and it was good to, to do the sensitivity training. But once I was done with that, I felt like there was so much more that, you know, I wanted to do um, to learn. And uh, that's why when I came back here, I kind of got to work and, you know, hired a diversity coach, uh, Doug Harris. And then, uh, you know, started my journey to, uh, you know, do do good. And um, that was nothing that you know, they required me to do, right. but it was all stuff that I wanted to do to better myself and learn more. And um, I felt like it was all beneficial. Looking at the timeline, the sensitivity training that NASCAR asked you to do, you completed that within a couple of weeks. Yeah. And then the rest of that stuff you took upon yourself. Um, what was the what was probably some and I, I, I recognize some of the things that you did, some of the people that you worked with, uh, such as Rise. Um, what was some of the 
things that you've been involved in, some of the training and some of the other things you've experienced. What are some of the things that stood out to you, some of the experiences that you really enjoyed? Mm-hmm. Well, I've done a lot, um, and, I, and I've raced a lot, you know, since then, right. you know, racing sprint cars and stuff. But, you know, while I've been racing, I've been trying to find things to do that are, you know, close by to the racetracks I can hit. So, um, like, when I went to – when I raced in Minnesota early this year, I, I got to get linked up with Tony Sauna and his foundation, and, um, you know, that was during COVID. So uh, all we could really do is just, you know, help, you know, pack and deliver food, uh, which was nice, and just trying to do good things um, – the following week, I raced around St. Louis. So I got to meet Jackie Joyner-Kersey. Um, I've been racing a lot in Pennsylvania this year, so I uh, got to do some things with the Urban Youth Racing School, which I've done in the past you know, with Chevrolet and uh, Chip Ganassi Racing. So um, that was good to get back and, and help them guys out. And um, just there's been a lot. You know, I've had a lot of conversations with different people, um, whether it be on the phone or in person. Um, so it's all been, you know, very, very helpful for me. And, um, I plan on, you know, continuing to do, you know, more of what I've already been doing. So when you raced in the cup series, you often, you know, you, you wanted to do more dirt racing than you were doing, you know, and you would talk about how that, you know, you wanted to eventually, you'd never really kind of been messed with the world outlaws much at that point. That's all you've been kind of racing pretty much for the most part Mm -hmm. during during this year is the wing car right a little bit of midget stuff and yeah but in your in your conversations and and in your media and stuff you're i got the impression and you can tell me if it's not true but i got the impression like you had this like man and we all kind of do this i think as drivers is we have this sort of dream world where we're going to end up in and i think that you know you're racing in the cup series and that was very frustrating uh period of time for you with your performance and your cars and all that at Chip Ganassi uh things were okay and then not okay a car wouldn't you know car wasn't there every single week but um and you seemed to long to run more dirt stuff and you had not really tapped into the world outlaw stuff yet and you kept saying like man one day I just want to do that and mm-hmm. I, I want to win a world outlaw championship I want to race against those guys on a regular basis that's where I want to end up right um as is that that's kind of what the messaging was as far as is that right uh i mean i don't i don't know you know i i've i think everybody has a passion right. for what they started out in and what got them to where they're at um i mean you've got a, a love for short track racing yes. so i think it's similar in that way um and you know i i wasn't uh i i didn't hate my time in in the cup series at all i i enjoyed it i would never have you know, raced in the cup series if I didn't have fun and, uh-huh. and love the challenge. It was definitely challenging, but um, I think when you don't get to to do uh, anymore what you used to do, and, um, you know, I'm at a young age too, so uh, I think always, you know, my passion was for sprint car racing, you know, led me to one day when I'm done, you know, cup racing, because I've always wanted to have a long career in NASCAR, but that whenever that day was done, you know, a bucket list item of mine was to, you know, compete with the World of Outlaws. And then, you know, this year with with the way everything, you know, kind of worked out, my situation, I've gotten to be a full-time dirt guy. Uh, and it's been it's been fun and it's been you know, good to kind of reflect on, you know, the road that got me to Cup. And, and then it's made me want to get back even more, you know, to, to spend, you know, this year racing and traveling up and down the road, driving my motor home and, uh, you know, making memories with my family has been a lot of fun, but it also is a good reminder that, you know, I loved what I was doing before and, and I can't wait to get back. 
that you were reinstated. I was curious, and I think everybody is, is did, you know, not did you think you would ever get back to NASCAR? Because I think that if, if, I'm, if I'm being honest, you may have not known there for a period if, if, if your pathway back was going to, you know, fulfill itself or whatever. Did you want to, though? Like, you, was there a point when you said, I'm going to be content with just doing this, uh, you know, the, the World Outlaws and the, and the midgets and the sprint cars and, and, you know, maybe I don't really want to try to get back to NASCAR? Did you ever have that moment? Uh, I mean, I think there was a lot of, you know, emotions and sure. thoughts and questions, you know, in the very beginning of, like, what's my life going to be like now? Um, you know, I because if you are a sprint car racer, you don't really need to be in North Carolina. And so like, you know, I had a lot of thoughts like, where am I going to live? Like, yeah. what am I going to do if I never, you know, get to race and cup again? Um, but you know, that was very early on. And, and then you know, once I kind of got to work and, and could see there was maybe a light at the end of the tunnel, uh, my focus is kind of on back to what do I need to do to you know, better myself, but also, you know, get back to the cup series and, and be able to prove a lot of stuff personally as well as professionally because you know, I've, I feel like I've got you know, a lot of, I don't know, not unfinished business, but I feel like I'm definitely talented enough and, and deserving to be a cup racer. You mm. know, I made it there once before, so um, I want to be a champion. I want to win a lot of races. I, you know, there's a lot, like I said, left to prove personally but also professionally, and um, you know, that's why I've kind of you know, dedicated myself to, to try and get back. When all this went down, um, right within a real short period of time, you sold your house. Um, and I didn't know, and I wonder if there were some things that you might have done or decisions you made um, at the front end of this that maybe you, you, you made and you kind of pulled the trigger on too fast, or um, was that sort of a necessity for you to re, you know, sort of reevaluate your financial situation and put yourself in a situation that you were comfortable with? Mm-hmm. Had you, I, I didn't know if you were moving back to the Midwest or to commit fully to just being a you know a world outlaw guy and go after that dream idea that you had of racing in that series. Um, but I get, I mean, you're still in North Carolina. You're still local. Yeah. So yeah, I was you know in the middle. We were almost done. You know, building the house. You know, kind of our our dream home on the water and a yep. uh, big house. So um, obviously that that costs a lot of money. So um, with everything that happened, you know, to to you know, make myself and our family more comfortable. It was, you know, a tough decision that, you know, we had to make, uh, of selling that. And, and we listed both homes, um, you know, the one that we currently live in, um, just, um, just to kind of see, you know, cause we didn't know what, I didn't know where my life was going. Right. Um, so no, we're still, you know, in, in that same house and, uh, I love North Carolina. Um, I'd always said before, you know, even if I wasn't racing NASCAR, I would probably still live here, but then, when everything, when that turns into reality, you don't really know what you're going to do. And I remember going home to, to California, you know, right after it all happened and, um, you know, look at just bored, you know, on, on a computer and looking at homes out there and stuff. And, uh, it's just a, a lot to kind of process. And once things slow down, you kind of calm down and take a breath and you make a plan of, of going forward. And you realize that, you know what, this is North Carolina's home to me now. And, and I love it here. And, I've got a lot of a lot of friends here, and um, you know, and and if I want to get back to NASCAR someday, this is where I need to be. All right. So, um, when was the very first interest from anyone involved in NASCAR from the ownership side to pin you as a driver? Well, I mean, I've had 
had conversations with people more so on like the the friend you know them being a friend and wanting to reach out for support so uh, mm. I mean that that kind of you know happened right away um, just from the support side of things and then I think as as you know people learned about what I was doing off the racetrack as well as on the racetrack you know racing sprint cars and having success there um, but more so you know what I was doing to kind of you know, better myself and and repair my image I think that's when you know, people got more interested in me and, um, and then you now, you know, being reinstated, it's kind of helped things out a lot. All right. So, um, you're going to drive at Hendrick Motorsports with Rick. And I know he was, you mentioned that he was one of the guys that reached out early, mm-hmm. um, just in support. Yeah, no, he was, he was also, you know, he was one that reached out, you know, right away, uh, you know, to lend support. And then, um, like I said, once, once he, you know, heard you know, about what I've been doing. I think that really impressed him, and being reinstated, um, that that's really you know helped things out sure. a lot and um, got the ball rolling. Yeah, I'm very very thankful for uh, the opportunity, and and he's an amazing person. So yeah. you know, for me to be you able to be by his side and and learn a lot off of him, and uh, you know how he treats people and and his kind of network of people. Mm-hmm. I think you know that I can be around. It's only going to make me better, and, and I'm really fortunate for it and, and looking forward to the future. Had you spent much time with Rick before? Did you know what kind of guy he was? Uh, I mean, just throughout, like, the garage area and stuff, you know, I'd always, you know, say hi to him, shake his hand, and, you know, when we'd blow an engine up or something at Ganassi, you know, was, <laughs> I'd always get back to the motorhome, and, and he'd have, I'd have a text from him, you know, right away, and, and so he's very passionate about, you know, the engine side of things, and, and definitely feels bad, you know, when a, when a team uh, that's outside of Hendrick um, you know, blows an engine and he feels terrible. So I think that just shows kind of how, how good of a person he is, um, right there. But, uh, like I said, I, I can't wait to get to spend more time around him and all the people at Hendrick Motorsports and, um, you know, become even better. That's yeah. going to be, that's going to be awesome. You know, the, knowing that, uh, he's about to, uh, experience a relationship with Mr. Hendrick beyond the surface level, we all know how special that is. You're going to end up realizing that not only is it special to you, not only does he mean a lot to you, but you're going to realize that he's also uh, probably important in your whole personal yeah. life as well. That is what Mr. Hendrick continues to impress upon us even to this day. He's just an amazing human being. That's uh, So I'm, I really feel good about you being with him. That's, that's a fantastic situation, right? Yeah, I agree with that. I think it, in terms of you trying to, you know, uh, better yourself, uh, I mean – Getting involved with Rick, I don't know of a better owner that yeah. could put you in a situation to be able to, you know, feed off of what he can teach you and, and what you can gain from him. Incredible man. Yes, definitely. Done, done a lot for many, many people. So um, they're going to rebrand this 88 car into the 5 car, which I think is pretty cool. The 5 car's got a lot of great history at, at Hendrick Motorsports. Did I mean, obviously, I doubt that you really cared what number the car was, um, but do you, uh, you know, do, do you tap into that history at all? Do you, um, do you know anything about what the car might look like? Do, do you have any influence on that? Is that part of the story, uh, anything you're involved in? I have no idea what the car is going to look like. Um, but, yeah, you know, I, I know it's number five. And they asked, you know, originally, you know, if I had a preference on number. And, and I, don't, you don't. I don't care. Yeah. I just, <laughs> just want to race. And, uh, 
I, I've, I've raced a lot of different cars and had different numbers and, and all that. So, um, but yeah, you know, I'm excited that it is number five. You know, it's the original Hendrick Motorsports number, and, and there's such a long history uh, with that number. So, um, I'm, I'm hoping that I can add to that to that history and um, you know, hopefully get a lot of wins uh, in that car. You know, yeah. I'm I'm pretty close with with Casey Kane, mm -hmm. so um, you know, I believe he's the last one to drive the five. So uh, I, I'm looking forward to getting in that and. Uh, you know, they've, they've won championships with that number, so um, it's going to be it's going to be really cool. So, what uh, what does this mean with your dirt racing? Um, you know, you're never going to stop. I imagine dirt racing or never going to stop trying to dirt race. Have you had those conversations yet about how that kind of fits into your 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 cup program? Uh, what Rick is, you know, because racing for Rick, I kind of know their approach to things like that. <laughs> Uh, is he going to be, uh, you know, lenient with you to allow you to do the things you like to do during the off season, take trips overseas and so forth to go racing? Yeah, no, I've, uh, I think everybody knows like that's something that's important to me. So, yeah. um, they've made it, you know, sound like they're going to, you know, still let me continue to, to race dirt cars when I can. And, and who knows that the schedule is, is similar to how it was this year with single day events. Uh, I think that, you know, opens up, you know, a lot of opportunities for me to get back and race but um you know there's always you know the priorities um whether that be you know meetings or appearances or anything that has to do with cup racing that's where my full focus is going to be and I'm never going to miss uh, a meeting or anything like that to go sure. off and dirt race so um I think as long as I'm taking care of of the obligations that I got going on you know within Hendrick Motorsports then uh they'll allow me to race dirt stuff and um, you know, hopefully if I'm not crashing too much in that, they'll, they'll, uh, <laughs> you know, let me, let me still race too. Have you had a chance to get over to the shop? I haven't, uh, I haven't yet. Um, you haven't been, have you ever been to Hendrix? I, I've been to Hendrick one time, uh, in 2000, the end of 2011, when I kind of came to North Carolina the first ever time to, to meet all different, you know, team owners and stuff. And, um, you know, met up with Jeff Gordon there. And, um, I think from there I probably went to Ganassi and sign my deal then. <laughs> That's, That's a great. You bring up Jeff Gordon. Has he been involved in this in the conversations with you and Rick at all? Yeah, uh, yeah, he has. He's been you know, heavily involved, and um, you know, he was he was actually the first person to reach out to me as far as like, hey, I think there might be you know something we can do, you know, as as far as you driving for me. Wow. So that's been really cool to have him you know, involved, and um, you know he's been somebody I've looked up to since I was a, a baby. So, um, and he's, you know, become a, a good friend of mine and, and, you know, just his background of, of race and dirt stuff. I've always, you know, looked up to him and, um, you know, now to see him, how involved he is in the ownership side of things outside of racing has been really cool to see. And, and, uh, you know, he's, he's, he's very passionate about it. Yeah. I'm curious, Kyle, uh, you know, now, so, so we've got an announcement that you're signed with a cup team. It's Hendrick Motorsports. So, if if we can like how how would you characterize the last four or five months for you like what what has the experience been like I'm sure it's a roller coaster um, but now you know you're back we can kind of reflect for a second and 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 what what has uh, what what has happened in the past four or five months that, that that will stick with you and maybe how have you become a better person Well yeah it's definitely you know we speak about Jeff I remember him calling me you know the next day after it happened and he's like, you know, get ready. It's going to be a roller coaster. And, uh, he's absolutely right. You know, it's been a roller coaster of, you know, emotions of, you know, obviously, you know, some of the darkest days of my life. And then, uh, to kind of, 
you know, slowly progress from that and, uh, you know, educate myself and just become a, a better person, a better father, better husband. Um, through it all has been, you know, very, very good for me and, and good for my family and good for the people that are close to me. So, um, and two, you know, just not racing cup this year, um, and being, you know, traveling up and down the road, like I said, I'm the one driving the motorhome to the racetrack. It's just been stuff that I never thought that I would do, especially at a, at a young age. So it's been you know, fun to, to share those memories uh, with, with my two young children who, uh, yeah. you know, Owen just started kindergarten this year. So I've gotten to spend a lot of time with them and, um, and just, like I said, just become a better person and, and, you know, staying busy racing too. I feel like I've, I've stayed sharp and, and, I think I'll be better than I was before as a race car driver too. Well, help us become better people. Like what, what have you, like what specifically have you taken away and learned from it? So like, cause I, you know, I, I, what I hope happens in this situation is that people can also learn from you. You know, when we mm-hmm. had Bubba on, we took a point, made a moment. We wanted to listen to Bubba um, and, and try to learn and educate ourselves. And I feel like everybody needs to continue be on this quest for educating themselves and improving themselves. And so, I'm gleaning a lot of what you're saying for, for my own uh, for my own personal uh, reasons because I want to be a better person. So, what mm-hmm. can you tell us? I mean, you've gone through three or four months. Um, maybe it was an experience, uh, you know, that you did yourself. Um, you know, uh, maybe it was something that that you can help other people become better versions of themselves. Yeah. I, well, I think what I've learned a lot, obviously, is that. Your know, words matter, and and yeah. you know, it's stuff that you you learn a lot. You know, growing up, but you know, now I've you know, been a good reminder that that words matter, and you know accountability matters. Apologizing for your mistakes matters. Treating others with people with respect matters. And two, you know, I've I've experienced a lot and and gone to different places and things, and and really, uh, you know, I went to Minneapolis before you know the George Floyd stuff happened, and and you got to do the things with Tony Sane and his foundation, and then after George Floyd, I went back and that was, that was really eye opening to me and, and very impactful because, you know, we, we walked around, you know, where it all happened and just seeing people, you know, a lot of white people, you know, have, you know, taken people and putting their arms around them and holding their hands and hugging. It was just, it was very, like I said, eye opening and impactful. And then you're kind of driving around where, um, a lot of the the city was impacted and, and mm. damaged and stuff, and I remember asking you know why would why would somebody damage their city like this? And uh, you know, they they told me when they haven't felt like they've been accepted uh, by their community, you know they don't they don't take any ownership oh. in it. So mm. that was a really big moment for me and realizing kind of the privilege that I've you know grown up with, mm. and and it's not something that you know I've ever paid attention to. Um, so. You yeah, that was that was very good and just uh, it kind of you know like I said it just it, it opened my eyes to what all is going on in the world. I'm curious for both of you guys and you know we can I'm all I'm always wondering what is especially in today's cancel culture what is uh, how, how do you get people to forgive you you know um, no matter what happens like how do you get forgiveness and what do they expect and I'm curious what what, what do you think people expect. Of you on a pathway back to redemption? Is it an apology? Because you've done that. You did it the day after. Is it you know remorse? Is it extensive sensitivity training, which you've done? Um, I'm looking at a timeline here. But like, what do y'all think is the thing that 
people expect to be able to forgive and move on. And I don't know that people, you know, there's always going to be some people that probably don't, but I'm just wondering if that, you know, how is it in today's society do you capture redemption? I think for me, I mean, it's all all of what you mentioned, you know, apologizing and, and doing all of that, but it's also, I think the, the thing that goes the furthest is just actions and actually actions, doing yeah. things rather than, you know, talking about it or, or trying to advertise what you've been doing. That's been important to me is just to go out and, and do all these things, but don't, you know, don't try and, you know, promote yourself doing it. Um, cause I think people will see through the BS. And, um, so that's been important to me just to, to do those actions. And I think, you know, there's already been you know people that I think have forgiven me for sure, but it's definitely going to take a lot longer than just, you know, these six months or whatever it's been to, uh, you know, really get people to, forgive me and, and get to see who I really am. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's important to me. And, and I, and I know it's going to take a long time, but, um, and I know there's some people that may never, ever, you know, change their opinion of me, but that's not going to stop me from, you know, trying to prove who I really am. Well, I mean, if you, if it transforms you mm-hmm. for better, then, then that's the upside. I mean, like, you yeah, know, if people sure. fail, if people choose to not recognize that, um, that's their decision. Yep. All you can do is what you can do, and if you feel like you have become a better person uh, through this experience, um, it's really all you can control, right? Yep, yep, yeah. and, and if you can be proud of where you've come from, then I yeah. think that's, that's important. You, you definitely took accountability right off the jump, and, and um, I do think that owning up to mistakes, I mean, everyone is flawed. Everyone has mistakes. Certainly, I've made mine. Uh, but uh, you took ownership. I think that was also a big, big step in it. Do you have any thoughts to any of that? Well, I think yesterday I was talking to somebody about Kyle coming on the show, and um, they said, well, I hope he can be a good example Mm. for us, for everybody. Sure. And I thought, man, that's as simple as it gets. You know, that, that I think we all really appreciated Kyle being a part of the sport, you know, back when you were racing in the Cup Series, and we've all followed you through your 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 season your your year um on the track and off the track you know as you've tried to sort of work your way back and um and i think that that if i think that people want you to succeed i think people want you to come out of this changed Mm -hmm. for the better and back on the racetrack and successful as they were hope you know everybody had this sort of idea that you know man this Kyle Larson he's going to be a winner in the cup series for a long time he's going to be around for a couple decades and people still want that for you you know and for themselves you know to be able to as fans of the sport um so I think people want to see you back and want to you know the majority of people want to see you as a good example of somebody that can that can own it and 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 work their way back and and like you say Mike Show us. Show us. Yeah. Right. Show us how to be better examples or better better versions of ourselves. Right. Um, so this is all ingrained in you. You think this has changed you for the better, and and it's rooted in you for forever. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I, I've gone through, you know, so much these last, you know, six months, and, and I think, you know, right off after it happened, you may know, think instantly it changes you. Um, but then as you educate yourself more – it definitely continues to change you and, and 
you know, I, I don't plan on stopping uh, yeah. what I've been doing. Oh, is that uh, right? You, you'll continue to to, to uh, do these outreach, uh, community outreach things, even now that you've been back and you've got your ride. Yeah, for sure. I mean, Absolutely. it's never right. everything that I've been doing and, and, you know, we're trying to come up with things to do. I've never wanted it to be a check the box thing. You know, I, I've, you know, I've, I've wanted to be authentic and genuine through it all. And, and I'm, I've always been that person, you know, to be genuine. Um, and, and yeah, I plan on doing, you know, more and I've, I've, you know, done a lot with the urban youth racing school already. And I plan to do more with them and Tony Sane's foundation. And once things to, once they open up from COVID, it's been really hard to oh, do things, sure. uh, you know, and, and actually you'll be hands on with stuff. Um, so I think once, once, you know, coronavirus goes away, hopefully, uh, someday, um, y'all have more opportunity to do, do other things and, um, kind of help out and, and be part of the solution. You mentioned the urban youth racing league. You'd been working with them since 18, 2008, or even before that, maybe I'm not sure, but you'd been working with them for a couple of years. Yeah. And, and really in the beginning, it wasn't, wasn't much, you know, I would yeah. just go to their kind of year end banquet things and, and speak to the, to the children there and, and hand out awards, which was always really fun, you know, to, uh, you see videos of them running the go-karts and stuff like that, but to be around them was cool. But, but now, um, yeah, I've been back a few different times already and gotten to, I bought them a couple of simulators for their school and, uh, got to hang out there and, and try and coach a little bit on what, what, you know, how to drive faster and, um, so, you know, there's just little things to like that that I just want to, you know, build a friendship with everybody. Yeah. That's a great program. It's been in Phil, uh, rooted in Philadelphia. That's been around for a couple decades. I remember, uh, going to yeah. see them yeah. in 2000. Yeah. <laughs> yeah that's right. I remember time. that. That's a long time ago. Hey everyone, Dirty Mo Media President, Mike Davis here, excited to tell you about one of our newest sponsors at Dirty Mo, Airbnb. The irony here is that Airbnb is new to Dirty Mo Media, but Dirty Mo Media is not new to Airbnb. It has been accommodating us for years. And if you are a race fan, and I think you are, you know why. I mean, you've booked hotels at, uh, during a race weekend. They're, the prices are insane. You're stuck with these unreasonable multi-night minimums. Whereas Airbnb, you got many choices, all within proximity, and it ends up being way more affordable. Now, I'm not only a frequent Airbnb guest, but my wife and I are also Airbnb hosts. And you should be too. We've been doing it for years. I'll tell you why. We have an investment property that we realized it could be earning additional income through Airbnb. You don't have to have an investment property to do that. You could just find extra space in your home. That works too. It all could be making you some extra cash. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at Airbnb.com slash host. All right, so during this past few months, what we have seen Kyle do on a racetrack, mm -hmm. do you think that people have now gained an actual new appreciation for the talent that he is in a race car? I mean, because it is – listen, he's been dirt racing, you know, his whole life, yeah. right? But I can't – now he had all the attention on him <laughs> – and then we get to watch him. I, I wasn't watching dirt races that that much. I knew, you know, he'd go out and win him a uh, chili bowl, winning this, winning what. But I didn't actually start watching dirt racing as much as I did just to see his performance, which was blowing my mind. And now I actually have a new appreciation for the talent that he is. Yeah. Maybe you knew it all along. People knew it all along. I didn't. Do you think that people are now on to what Kyle Larson is in the fullness of his of his talent and his capacity? I think you are uh, 
you are a, a, a part of a very small group. Mike. Okay. Yeah. Um, Everybody knew. I think I was so. I that. mean, I don't <laughs> – I mean, personally for me, I don't – what Kyle's done this year, he's done 84 races, 42 wins. Yeah, that's stupid numbers. Doesn't surprise me. Um, Doesn't surprise you. Yeah, and I'm not saying this because you're sitting here, but, like, you, what you've done this year, <clears throat> it's amazing. Um, hats off. But it has not, like, changed – it has not improved how I feel about Kyle as a driver. I already felt – Got you. Yeah. Like, this was who he was. You know what I yeah. mean? Um so, but, and I think most of the people that know Kyle are, are, especially the people in the dirt industry and most of the people in the cup industry or the NASCAR industry already knew that he was that guy. Um, and he goes out and does that, and everybody's like, well, yeah, that's Kyle. That's what, that's, he's that good. But I think it's good for people like you, you know, to get, get, uh, get a bit of a. The race where he came out of freaking nowhere. Where were you? You were like, you. Oh, yeah. It's like, like which one? The one that he went in the infield? <laughs> right. Yeah, against Shugart? Like, like yeah, in yeah, the yeah. last lap, made that st- just just sick passes, <laughs> going high, going low. What was that, Matthew? Uh, uh, North River Dakota. Cities? Yeah. Right? Uh, yeah, yeah. 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 Something like that. Yeah. Because you, you ended <laughs> up Dakota. tangling with him, going through the infield, cut, working your way back on the last lap. Yeah. That no, was, it was. Uh, I've, I've had a lot of, obviously, a lot of fun finishes this year and exciting ones but that one (laughs) that one was really exciting yeah because i guess the one thing i want to ask you is so you're you've been wanting to race world outlaws and you got to do a lot of that um was it what you thought it would be was it everything you hoped it would be was racing against those guys as rewarding for you as you thought it would be yeah i mean it's all been rewarding i think i think what's kind of stood out to me this year because i haven't just followed the world of outlaws you know mm-hmm. i've done i've ran with tony's all-star series right. i've ran usac stuff i've ran some dirt late model stuff this year i've you know raced around Pennsylvania a that. lot so i think you know I've, I've always and i still want to run the world of outlaws tour someday you know compete for a championship someday but um i also i think this year was a good reminder like i'm i'm the type of dirt racer that doesn't want to follow a series um yeah I've always wanted to be a versatile driver and and I don't think you can really showcase that if you're just you're running one series so I've had a lot of fun this year racing all those different series and kind of doing what I want and you know picking and choosing our schedule taking a taking a weekend off when we want to what drove Uh, the schedule uh big money races big money yeah yeah we've we've tried to hit you know all of the the higher paying races. Um, you know, if there was a all-star race that paid more than outlaw race, you know, we we're going to do that. And, and logistically too, it had to make sense. You know, we're not going to go back and sure. forth across the country and all that. And, um, so yeah, I would say, you know, the money kind of drove the schedule and that's kind of a, what a true outlaw does, <laughs> uh, you know, a dirt racer, oh, yeah. you know, so no, it's been a lot of fun and, and it's been, it's been busy, but, uh, you know, when you're having success, it makes it all kind of you got to run a dirt late model. Um, was that the first time you'd ever drove one? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I raced in Port Royal, I don't know, a couple months ago now. How was that? Um, it was awesome. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I really have always wanted to race a dirt late model. Um, I feel like their races are, are really exciting. Um, and those cars are really unique, and I've always wanted to feel what that attitude kind of feels like. And How is it different? It's, uh, you just feel like you're laying over to the right side a lot. So we went and tested at Gaffney, um, the week leading up to Port Royal, I think. And, uh, you know, we broke after like 20 laps, transmission or something broke. But anyways, in those 20 laps, it was like, 
I don't even really think I felt like what the car was driving like. I was more like, okay, what do I need to do to my seat position and stuff like that? Because I was getting wore out just from laying so far over and all that. So um, after the test I had to go, we tilted my seat way over, added a bunch of padding to my headrest and stuff like that. And then uh, once we got to Port Royal, I was a lot more comfortable uh, when we Whose won. car was that that you drove? Uh, Kevin Rumley. Um, he works at Longhorn Chassis, and uh, Terry Labonte's son actually owns Longhorn. So, what? Um, yeah, yeah, so. Justin? Yeah, yeah. What? So I think you know, that's kind of a cool tie-in to the, to the five also. So, so um, <laughs> heard that name in a long time. Yeah, so, no, it's been a lot of fun, and Port Royal was a great weekend, and then we went to the Dirt Track World Championship a couple weeks ago, and that's their biggest race of the year, and, and I was terrible. So uh, it was uh, – Would you finish second? Is no. That, is that your terrible? No, I mean, no, like, I had to take my – first ever provisional to get into the main event so we had speed i just i just didn't do a good job yeah but now it's been a lot of fun and those cars are uh those cars are cool and and the fan base is huge in dirt late models so to kind of to tap into that was that's was so good for me interesting to me is that they're the fan bases in like so there's the there's the dirt guys and then the asphalt guys but inside the dirt guys there's the late model guys yeah. there's fans wise you know there's the late model fans and then the world outlaw fans and then yeah. the midget fans and um i had no idea that the fan base was so sectional or or and compartmentalized yeah. and adamant that that, that oh, you know that their driver is better than, oh yeah yeah, yeah. Like, like it almost is personal right <laughs> yeah it is it is so that's fans. why I, I had a lot I put a lot of pressure on myself going into that weekend at Port Royal because you know I've got I you know I could read stuff and like late model fans are like oh he's gonna you know suck and then my sprint car <laughs> fans are like you know he's gonna you know your late model drivers aren't good and stuff like that oh so I was like I, I don't like it wasn't about that for me going to race the late model it wasn't about like trying to prove that sprint car guys were better by any means but uh, I just wanted to have fun but I was putting pressure on myself to uh, you know make the sprint car community proud and and. Yeah, I was able able to do that and win, so that was good. But uh, no, the the fan base, I I feel like you know just getting to be around both fan bases now. I have built my fan base uh, yeah. a lot, so that's been good. And and you know just getting to sign autographs for thousands of people and stuff every night's been been really cool. That's and he didn't just go out there, by the way, just just for Mr. Humble Harry here and and go run his first late model dirt late model race at you know gaffney or some other weekly racetrack he went against some of the best in the business that do it for a living so sorry sorry but that is of note that you went out there against the best of the best in a in a discipline that you're not accustomed to that speaks in my opinion to the talent of kyle larson thank you is there ever any animus from the competitors like if you're literally going into the big money races what does that even mean animus (laughs) (laughs) i guess it derives from animosity yeah. 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 Is, uh, <laughs> yeah there you go. Uh, I just never heard that word used. I'm sorry. So, was there ever any animosity um, uh, from competitors if you're going in and you're determining your schedule based off of somewhat of a short term basis and, and going to money and going in, taking the taking the booty and leaving? <laughs> is does that create some friction at all? Uh, I don't. I don't know. I guess it didn't. It ever never got to you. Yeah. If it no, did. it never got to me. If it did, and. Um, I think too. I think people, I mean, in the sport, competitors, it's the same thing in NASCAR. I mean, nobody really like cares about what the purse is in NASCAR. But if somebody's out there, you're dominating. I think other competitors, although it might you know eat at them a little bit, you have that respect and and yeah. you appreciate what they're doing. So I think that's been a lot of of what this year's been. And um, you know, 
a lot of my best friends too are in are in the dirt world and sprint car world. So um, yeah, they've been you know really uh, you know cool to be around, and, and I think they've uh, been proud of what I've been able to do on the track, and and I think they'll be happy when I'm not full time. <laughs> <laughs> I, I bet you're right. I bet you're right. Yeah. So uh, who who goes when your car? All right, so the car you're driving now. When you're not running it full time, who's gonna drive it? Uh, nobody. Um, Paul Silva, he owns yeah. it, uh, out of Just California. And yeah, he's, he's, uh, I, I mean, he's, he gets along great with me and, and I think, you know, we each make e- each other better. And, uh, I think we both know that we're not as good, you know, without Apart. each other. So, Interesting. um, and, and you know, he, he doesn't like to race a lot, you know? <laughs> so, um, yeah, I think he'll be happy when I'm not, uh, when we're not racing 80 times a year or whatever it's been this year. So, um, but no, it's been, it's been fun with him. And, and, you know, like I said, if the schedules are still, you know, similar to what they are this year, I think we'll still get to race quite a bit. So yeah, is the chili bowl be busy. Is the chili bowl still at the top of the list for you as far as like, Hey man, I got to go to that one. I got to be a competitor there. Uh, well, yeah, I mean, you know, it's before the cup season, so you know, I can be there all week, which is nice. And, and hopefully, hopefully that event happens this year. I don't know, or, or I guess next year. Um, I, I don't know. I haven't heard, but, right. um, it's definitely an event that, you know, I'll go to the rest of my life. It's just a unique event and, and a lot of fun. And, but there's also, it's been, you know, this year with, with COVID, you know, I finally get the opportunity to race, you know, all these big sprint car races and, and they don't happen to a certain extent extent so that's been a little bit of a bummer but um you know those races always be around and hopefully someday again i'll get to run them outside of going into nascar back into nascar next year and and the races that you've mentioned over the years like the chili bowl is there anything new like is this is this is your new sort of version of yourself does do you have other things aspirations other goals in racing that have that have cropped up or interest uh, such as more 24 hours of Daytona, or um, is IndyCar still something that you'd love to have an opportunity to try, even if it's just a test? Um, or there are other big dirt races that you that you weren't on your list one day that now are? Um, I don't. I don't know. I don't think anything like that has changed. You know, I still you want to win every Cup race. You know, they're all big. Um, the Bristol night race has always been the one to me that, you know, I, I get pumped up the most for. And, and now, I mean, the Bristol dirt race is cool. Yeah. Um, Holy you know, we, found one, <laughs> we found one person that likes it. Yeah. Well, well, um, I, I hope it'll be an exciting race, but, uh, but then no, I mean, you know, this year getting to run the late model, um, is really, you know, and I had success. It's like, all right, now I want to go try and compete at the the big races for those, you know, whatever yep. be the world or the dream or, uh, the show me 100, you know, I want to run Fairbury. That's, that's probably the, the, the new one for me. Um, after getting to learn more about dirt late models this year is I didn't realize like Fairbury, this little tiny quarter mile is like, you know, the hub and like the most, ex- you know, exciting race fans around so i want to be able to run fairbury uh they have a big race there next year on our off weekend too uh, on my birthday so i'd like to do that well now i'm going to catch all kinds of grief for asking this question i know but where is that tell tell me uh, more about that place fairbury illinois Uh, okay uh it's just a tiny racetrack i won a world outlaw sprint car race there last year but uh, i hadn't like i said i had no clue that it was like you know 
big for for dirt late model racing and, and that town revolves around dirt late model racing so is that right that 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 kind of stuff excites me and um i guess that history there you know makes me want to want to go there but um no i mean there's yeah all the big races that i haven't gotten around. i've never gotten around king's royal at eldora um you know this year they didn't have it um Knoxville nationals they didn't have this year so there's still a lot of big races that i want to win but uh they can wait. All right. So um, we've never had the opinion of a dirt guy um, on the show about the Bristol dirt race. And, and uh, uh, you know, everybody thinks they got an idea how that's going to work out. But you'd know, matter, you'd know more than most people. So when you heard about that idea of them putting dirt on Bristol, I mean, it's been done before. And maybe you've even had a chance to talk to some of the guys who experienced that with the, with the World Outlaw cars when they were there. What, how do you think that's going to work out? Do you think that the track will provide – do you think the track will work? Do you think that um, – is it possible to get enough moisture in the track? Well, uh, in, March, I don't, <laughs> in March, I don't think they'll have an issue getting moisture in the track. Yeah. It'll be that's – my, that's my concern, I guess, with it because it is in March, I think, still – and it always rains yeah. in Bristol in but March. But will the fact that it's like only just, you know, a few feet of dirt on top of that, does it have to have, does it have to be dirt ground to like hold the moisture? Because it seemed to dry out really fast when they had there in the past. Uh, I don't know. I don't know on that. Right. You know, Tony Stewart, he he would know more about the track prep side of stuff. But um, I, I don't know. Um, Bristol, as it is with concrete, is my favorite track and, and it's, it feels like a 500 lap dirt race. So, you know, it's fast, it's aggressive. You can move around. Um, so with the dirt race there, I don't know what to expect. You know, it could be, I, I I would assume it's going to be a lot slower. Um, and, and with it being a March and all the rain that we get there normally, it could be really rough, which, which I think, you know, I look forward to, I like rough dirt tracks. Um, I feel like it adds character and you can move your lines around and stuff like that. And, um, I think it's still 500 laps, so <laughs> that's pretty Jeez. crazy. But um, that'll be wild if it's still 500 laps. What? You're asking be, if he's going to do a 24 hour race. Yeah, yeah. That, that may be it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's so going to be entertaining regardless. You'll be good. Christopher Bell will be good. I Who hope, else? I hope we'll be good. But now you'll be good. Um, honestly, I, I mean, I, you know, from racing at Eldora in the truck, um, it basically turns into a pavement race, anyways, there. So. You know, I feel like the the guys who don't have any dirt experience will do just fine at Bristol. And two, with all the banking that there is at Bristol, it's going to have way more grip than Eldora does. So um, I don't think it would be – I don't think a dirt guy – yes, I think, you know, guys like myself or Bell or Reddick will, you know, have in a, a slight advantage. But that – I mean, after 500 laps, that, that won't even matter. Yeah. And, and I think, you know, Kevin Harvick could, you know, go out there and, and win. So um, – yeah, I mean, I think it's going to be entertaining. Uh, I think the fans will enjoy it, and uh, you know, we'll see if it if it grows into something. All right, a cup driver comes up to you and says, "I've never raced on dirt. The, I got to get ready for this race. What should I do?" Uh, I well, I come from you know nine hundred horsepower cars that weigh fourteen hundred pounds. So uh, you know, if, I don't know what horsepower we'll have for Bristol. Uh, I don't, I'm not sure if they've gotten the rules figured out yet, but I do know a stock car is really, really heavy, uh, about <laughs> 3,400 pounds. So I'm not really sure, you know, what I would say. You know, I think, I think it'd probably be more similar like a street stock or something, I would think, you know, but with more power. Um, 
So I, I don't know. It's like I said, I don't think it's gonna drive too crazy different than than really? what a pavement track would be so, like. So we're not gonna see any, you know, uh, back end sliding out and all this, uh, you know, craziness that we love about dirt already. N- none of that. I mean, the banking in itself is gonna probably prevent that, right? Like I said, I, I don't know. You don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Um, Come on, tell us. We got no. We got nobody <laughs> I, to tell us. This I, stuff. I've got no clue. Um, <laughs> I don't know. I think it's going to be like I, I think our lap times will be quite a bit slower yeah. than than normal. Um, I don't know what we run like a fourteen second lap. Right. I would assume we'll probably be like sixteen or seventeen seconds, yeah. probably around there. Um, but I think if the track gets rough and builds character, I think it could be. I think it could be exciting, but then again, it could be hard on the equipment, and, yeah, and gonna be who knows? Hell. It's going to destroy the cars. Yeah, I don't, I don't know what to expect. All right. I well, think 500 laps is a, 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 long. Little, a, a lot yeah. too much. Right. So I ran a tw- – <laughs> I embarrassed myself, but I ran a 25-lap race somewhere. I don't think it was 25 laps. It's at Traders, and it was uh, – <laughs> yeah, I was like – I'm more tired now than I was after any kind of cup race I've ran, so I can't imagine running 500 laps. Yeah, What's the longest dirt race there is? Uh, I think Big Blocks, they have like a 200-lap deal um, for their Super Dirt Weeks. They used to be at like Syracuse, and yep. I think this year they had it at Port Royal, but it was 200 laps. That's the longest I know of. I'm sure other you know kind of diehard race fans will know. I'm sure there's probably something longer than that, yeah. but... Um, you won the Bettenhausen 100. That was a long one. Physically, uh, though, but. it's it's physically inside the car. Uh, one, what is what would you say? It's like one one lap, one lap around a dirt track is probably like maybe ten around an asphalt track. I mean, because you work harder. Uh, I mean, it it depends. It depends on the racetrack. It depends on the conditions. Especially the guys no. that have never. It depends on where you're at in traffic. The guys that have never done it are going to be using. Muscles, muscles that they, they, they no, never they use. That's right, hundred yeah. <laughs> percent. That's like, right. A sprint like, car if you're grabbing the steering wheel so damn hard you won't even <laughs> your, right. your forearms will be cramping up. That's yeah. gonna happen yeah. for sure. Yeah, a sprint a sprint car like on a half mile that's slick and you're you're really working. Like I, I never get like you know muscle tired or anything like that, but my heart rate will get max. So I you know used to wear like a heart rate monitor and stuff, and I remember you know, tracking that stuff in a dirt race. And I'm, I mean, these races are, you know, an eight lap heat race. My heart rate will be 190 the whole what? time. So really, it's crazy, you know, and that you, it's just, it's, it's insane. But, um, yeah, it, just, it takes different kind of physical stuff, I guess, for the two. Yeah. All right, man. Well, look, we appreciate all the, all the great insight and, um, looking forward to seeing you come back next year, get back into the cup series. You're working with a great man at Rick Hendrick. We're going to have him on the show to tell us a little bit about this relationship and, and what he expects out of next year. Um, good luck to you, man. Um, yeah. Have a good off season, and, and we'll see you at the racetrack. Yeah, thanks a lot. Thanks uh, for having me on and getting to talk a little bit more about what I've been having going on and, and uh, really excited about the future. So thank you, guys. Absolutely. Thank you. Kyle Larson on the Dale Jr. Download. What's up, Download listeners? It is the biggest time of the year right now for college basketball. And I will tell you, regardless of who makes it to the final game in the tourney, one thing is for certain. It takes the most talented people working together to help these teams play at the next level. And if you are hiring, you want the most talented people on your team to help your business go to the next level. And how do you do that? 
Zip Recruiter. That's right, man. We just went through a big hiring process ourselves, mm-hmm. and it was helpful to have Zip Recruiter's powerful technology, which starts showing you qualified people for it immediately after you post your job. Yeah, that is crazy. Mm-hmm. Pick Zip Recruiter to help you build a winning team. See why four out of five employers who post on Zip Recruiter get a quality candidate within the first day. Just go to this exclusive web address right now to try Zip Recruiter for free. ZipRecruiter.com slash Dale Jr. Again, that's ZipRecruiter.com slash Dale Jr. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. Hi, we got Rick Hendrick in the uh, studio. Well, he's on a Zoom call. That counts. Um, and we really appreciate you giving us some time today, Rick. Thanks for coming on. Yeah, buddy. Uh, and first of all, congratulations on your little girl. Yeah, thank you, buddy. I know you got to get. We got to get y'all together so y'all can meet. Um, yeah. Rick called me. Uh, he had been on, out on a, a business business trip. Uh, for a couple of weeks, and when he got back home, he called me and said, hey, I wanted to congratulate you, so I appreciate you reaching out. That's the kind of guy he is. Kyle Larson was just sitting in here talking about Rick and how he's learning who Rick is um, and how personal he is and how involved in everybody's life he is, how knowledgeable about everybody's life and how plugged in he is. And so I'm, I'm excited for Kyle to, to get that experience with you, buddy. I know that um, if I can talk about you just for a second – uh, you've uh, impact. You know, we've talked uh, many times on this show and, and and in other areas about how impactful you've been on my life. Uh, we know the effect that you've had on other people's lives. I couldn't think of a better person to come into Kyle's life right now uh, to bring him back into the Cup Series than you. Um, you know, your leadership and your personal touch, um, the way you care about people and take care of people. He needs that as he goes on this journey and. Uh, uh, we're I'm excited about that for him. Uh, so tell us, uh, he did say you reached out to him early just as a friend as he's been trying to work through his issues and, and work his way back to get reinstated. But he said the conversations to actually drive the race car have only been going on for a very short period of time. Is that true? Yeah, well, we, you know, we've talked a little bit in just theory about what could happen, but he had to be reinstated first. And, uh, you know, Anybody that watches that kid drive knows he's got a tremendous amount of talent. But, you, you know, Dale, what I've been so impressed with is how he took ownership of what he said and how embarrassed he was and what he's done, you know, to help uh, in the communities around the country and the change in his life that this has made. So I, I just I love the new new Kyle Larson, the one that is showing his heart and not uh, not ashamed to say he was wrong and take ownership of it. So uh, I've been just very impressed with that part. Well, you're, uh, you know, you're going to make some changes to the, to the team a little bit. I know that, um, you know, Alex Bowman's going to the 48 car. That's got to be extremely exciting for Alex. Just on a side note, I'm, I'm thrilled about that. You know, Alex has worked really hard to prove himself, prove he belongs where he's at. In making that move, I think that you've shown your confidence in him. But um, you're, you know, bringing Kyle Larson in. You're going to rebrand uh, the fourth car and bring back the number five. That's a number that has a ton of history at Hendrick Motorsports. It's the first number that you guys had in the Cup Series. Talk about that a little bit. 
Well, you know, that was, uh, I, that, I, that's my Earnhardt roots that I go back to the beginning, you know, and, uh, the five car has been really special for to me and to be able to bring it back. It, it's exciting. And, uh, I gotta give you credit for Alex because you picked Alex to replace you when you got hurt and he did a great job mm. and uh, boy, he's running good, good now. And a great young man going back to bring Kyle in with the five car just means a lot to me because that number, uh, I guess when I think about it, we didn't have a, didn't know we were going to be successful, but we started with that number at Harry Hyde always said, you want a single digit number. And so, uh, <laughs> I, I, I think about Harry, but anyway, I, I, I'm excited about that. I think the organization organizations excited about it. So, uh, we'll, we'll show up with it at Daytona. Well, you're an owner who often tells people that, you know, you're not really interested in hiring young drivers. You want to go out there and get the veterans, the proven, <laughs> get proven veterans. But if I look at this stable of drivers that you're going to have in 2021, Kyle Larson, 28 years old. Alex Bowman, 27. Chase Elliott, 24. William Byron, 22. Man, you sure have got a lot of young drivers around you. All these guys have proven talents. So we're looking at a pretty stable and prosperous future if everything works out right for Hendrick Motorsports. Yeah, you know, uh, I, I always tried to hire veterans, like you said, but uh, starting with Jeff Gordon, got uh, a young guy that did really well and watching William. Uh, of course, Alex and then Chase, I've had him kind of in the fold since he was 14. And and they're coming all into their own right now. I guess see them. Uh, Chase winning races, Alex, same. William won a race. So the future's bright. Uh, the uh, I don't know if I'll be around when they, you know, when they get to be 40 <laughs> years old. I won't be here. But uh, anyway, I'm, I'm, I'm real excited about the, the, the group we have now. The uh, just the the chemistry between them, and I think Kyle's going to fit in like a glove. Yeah, I agree with that, Mister H. I'm curious on something, and I I know you can only speak for yourself, but I I've always been curious over the last several months when it comes to Kyle Larson was what would owner what would Cup owners be looking for out of him? Is it just the NASCAR, uh, you know, sensitivity training, or do they? maybe expect more, you know, what exactly are you looking for to be able to get yourself into a confident and, and comfortable position to even talk about coming back? Yeah. Well, if you look at the body of work that he's done, you know, NASCAR is, I, I applaud them for the stringent uh, rules they put in place. And uh, if you look at what they want him to do and then look at what he has done that over and above what he was asked to do, that he did on his own. And he was actually involved with the urban uh, racing school before this happened. So I look at the heart and uh, look at the way he's he's changed. Uh, I guess it, he's focused on racing so much, but now he's looking beyond racing and he's looking at how he can make a difference. And when you see his heart, uh, everybody deserves a second chance. But in order to get a second chance, you've got to show people that you uh, you're willing to go more, do more than you should, you were doing, and uh, more than people ask you to do. So, you know, I'm I'm very impressed with what Kyle has done and the steps he's made and the commitment he's made beyond, you know, being reinstated. 
that he's going to do this forever. So uh, when you look at all that and what he's, you know, the heart that he has now, and uh, he he's not afraid to just say it was I was ignorant. I, I shouldn't have said something like that. I see how hurtful it was and uh, take ownership and then say, I'm going to I'm, I'm going to do something about it. I'm going to make a difference. I can make a difference as time goes on. I was very impressed with that. We had that conversation here at the table with Kyle and just like, you know, what is it that people, you know, how do you achieve forgiveness um, no matter what, what you've done? I mean, everybody deserves a second chance, but what is it that, you know, especially in today's society where everybody is almost out for blood, is that what can you do? And I think the, you hit it. Ownership is, is the first step. I think it's a multiple step process and it takes time. And Kyle certainly on his own volition said he's not done by any stretch of the imagination. Like this is if, if a man is truly transformed in a better per- version of himself, then this doesn't end. There's no end date to his pr- progression. And, and we want to kind of become better versions of ourselves by having Kyle here so, just to learn from what he's going through. So, you know, I ask you the same question. You know, what is it in your experience that, that people earn that second chance or earn that redemption? Well, I mean, you, I, I think our country is all about second chance and people want to give you a second chance. If, if you've shown that you've changed. And I think that's the key that, uh, you know, are you just saying it or do you really mean it? Uh, what have you done and uh, what are you going to do? So I think that's, when people see your heart, I keep coming back to your heart. I mean, just I, I'm, I'm around a lot of people and uh, I've seen people that say they're sorry, but then I've seen people that have legitimately taken ownership and, and made a difference going forward. So that's, that's super impressive. I mean, to have a guy that's willing to, you know, take ownership and say, this was a horrible thing I said. And, uh, but you can't carry that burden for the rest of your life. So, um, we know that Kyle loves to race, uh, you know, dirt cars and other things. And, uh, that's always kind of been in when he was working, uh, you know, with chip and, uh, racing cup cars, that was always a part of the conversation with Kyle. Um, where can you race? How much can you race? Where are you, you know, and people are going to want to know that same thing. They might not ask those questions today, but as he gets in this car, in this cup car of yours, and starts driving next year, that conversation is going to be part of owning a car that Kyle Larson drives, Rick. So yeah. um, what are you willing, you know, what are you comfortable with? I know when Chase, or uh, not Chase, but when Casey raced uh, in in uh, at Hendrick Motorsports, those same conversations were had about what he was allowed to do. Um, outside of the outside of the cup car, so you know, with Larson, he's going to want to go places and do things, and 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 how comfortable are you with that? You know, I think uh, in in his case, uh, it's shown that he's the experience he's had on dirt, the experience he's had with the sprint cars, makes him kind of manhandle the cup car. And we had these conversations, and I said, I'm going to let you do it, but now if you get hurt. That's on you. I mean, that I, I'm going to have to put somebody else in the car. But uh, I think uh, looking back and, and watching Chase, Chase Elliott's talk to me about running some, you know, late model dirt and, and other types of racing, he wants to race. And wow. uh, with 
with the one day shows and uh, I think they have time to do it. So it's just a matter of, uh, you know, you're on your own if you end up getting hurt. Yes, yeah, the chance you take as a driver, and you're willing to allow them to take that chance if they know the consequences. That's right. I, yeah. I didn't even think about the precedent he might set with Kyle letting him do dirt. You got Chase Elliott over there going, oh, well, if, if, if he gets to run all these dirt yeah. races, oh, what about me? And, boy, you could have well, him. He's, in- he's already talking about it. He's already got <laughs> some schedule. So. <laughs> <laughs> that's, a, that's a new yeah. piece of information that we did not yeah. know or did not have about Chase Elliott, I figured that you know, they've got to be pretty content with the busy schedule they've got. But I guess going to one-day shows has really kind of loosened them guys up a little bit to do some other things. <laughs> well, man, um, you know, we really appreciate you giving us some time today. Uh, it's great to be able to chat with you. I'm ex- Like I said at the start of our, ta- of our talk, I'm excited for you to become a part of Kyle's life, and I think that can only improve, um, you know, what's going on in his, uh, in his world. And uh, he's going to be in great hands, man. So uh, look forward to seeing. And, and I know also Chevrolet has really got things going in the right direction. You guys have found some great speed. Your your performance on the racetrack's really improved. It's a great time for anybody in this sport as a driver to be a part of your program. So um, you guys are going to be tough next year, um, and, and I'm excited about that. Thank you, buddy. Well, good to be with you guys as always, and uh, I hope to see you soon in Absolutely. person. Yes, sir. All right, man. Take care. We'll see you, Rick Hendrick, on the Dale Jr. Download. See how professional he is now, Mr. H? Like, he can get do these intros and outros. That's what happened when he hosted the the, the race for NBC. I just just remember the guy that I'd walk up to the car, and he'd looking at the ground. And uh, (laughs) you pissed off at me or something. You can't can't speak to me. You can't look at me. You can't, you know. He's a damn TV star, and he's uh, he can go to break and cut. And, Tell and me, you had this, you've had an amazing effect on my life. It took a while. <laughs> the impact is 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 visual now. Yeah, one day we're gonna tell the whole story about uh, the posse and the, and you and, and you and I having a conversation about how long it's gonna take for certain things to happen. Yeah. No, oh, no way. And then then it happened just like I said it would. You know. <laughs> <laughs> so you were right. You just wanted to. No, you, you, you've been a, a big uh, inspiration to me. Oh, buddy. Very important part of my life. Yeah. I remember when I introduced him to Amy or started talking to him about Amy, he had that look on his eyes like, you're about <laughs> you're about to make that commitment. I can tell. Because I'm like, hey, man, I met this great girl. She's awesome. Yeah. And he looked at me and he goes, you're done. You're done. <laughs> I can see it in his eyes. Was, yeah, when you told me she was so pretty. She hurt your eyes. I said, uh, Oh, yeah. Gut hooked. Yeah. He's done. Man. Yeah, that's right, buddy. All right. Hey, have a great day. See y'all. Thanks, guys. Have you heard of Nordic Knots? The Scandinavian rug company that has become the insider brand gracing some of the most beautiful homes around the world? With rug designs by some of the world's leading designers and a signature collection of wool and jute rugs in modern colors? But Nordic Knots is not just about great design. Their mission is to make quality rugs that last, with no compromises. Goodweave certified, handmade pieces woven in all natural materials. At NordicKnots.com, it's easy to find a rug that's just right. A curated collection in lots of colors and sizes to choose from. Even custom sizes are possible. So, 
Whether you're the type who loves the understated elegance of their luxury essentials or the bold statements from their top designer collaborations, you can't really go wrong. Oh, and don't tell anyone, but right now, you can get a free sample with the code INNERCIRCLE. NordicKnots.com All right, we are live. Okay, it's time for my favorite part of the show, Ask Junior, presented by Xfinity. Proud partner of NASCAR and this podcast. Xfinity is supporting this segment of the show. Thank you, Xfinity. Um, they do a lot for our sport, and they're a great partner for this podcast, and I'm a customer. I pay for their service, and I really enjoy it. It's time to hear the questions that you sent to Xfinity Racing on Twitter and in the chat. Leavon is here with those questions. Let's get started. Yeah, um, Xfinity put the call for questions out during the rain delay nice. yesterday, so you're going to have some rain delay related questions to get us started here. The first one coming from Matt Roth. Um, what's your best rain delay story or shenanigans? Hmm. Uh, the best rain delay story is um, the 2014 Daytona 500. You know, we had a big six hour delay in between uh, the start and the finish of the race, and we ended up winning the race. And I don't think we win the race without the rain delay. Uh, if you watch the race, I didn't have it uh, the first half. Don't know what it was, but I was mired mid-pack, couldn't seem to figure out what I needed to do. My uh, plate racing is a mentality, all right? Uh, the car matters, um, being smart as a driver and all that matters, but it's a mentality, like it's an approach uh, to, the, to the, you know, like when you get up in the morning, you go, I'm going to kick this day's ass. Like it's, you know, you got to go into those races with a sort of mentality. I didn't have it. I don't know. I couldn't figure it out. wasn't clicking. Uh, didn't feel it. So uh, we had the rain delay, and then I don't. Nothing weird happened during the rain delay, or nothing stands out. But when we got back in the car, it seemed like I was in a groove, and everyone else had lost it. So uh, you know, the rain delays can have an effect on your your personality it can have an effect on your 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 willingness to do something or your get up and go and uh, some guys sometimes those rain delays can sap the energy out of you sometimes those rain delays can put the energy in you the the emotion to go out there and commit and do what you need to do so that one to me is probably the most memorable Next one coming from Neil Wagner. With the amount of rain delays over the last few seasons, do you think that NASCAR should or would bring rain tires to oval tracks? So I, I posted on Instagram, which is a platform I've been using pretty exclusively here lately, um, on NBC Sports, NASCAR, or whatever their, their, their NASCAR handle. NASCAR and NBC. Right. So they, um, they, they're like, hey, you know, it's raining. Um, should we have rain tires and uh, or something about it being raining, raining and not racing? And I'm like, we should have rain tires. Like, and then I read the comments, right? And people are like, "That's impossible. Can't happen. Not, not, no way." So, um, you know, maybe it can't. Maybe it is impossible. But it's worth trying. It's worth seeing if we could do some, do something to race under the conditions that we have uh, at Texas Motor Speedway this yesterday and, and uh, probably today. There's a mist, right? It's not a torrential downpour. Uh, I know that you absolutely cannot race in heavy rain uh no matter how good your rain tire is uh, at an oval right let's not even try to go there i don't want i don't want that i'm not in, i'm not encouraging that but when we have what we had yesterday for example it was a light mist and it was on and off 
Um, I think that you could absolutely put the best 40 stock car drivers in the in the world that we have out on the racetrack on a decent rain tire. It doesn't have to be anything special and expect them to go out there and run the race and compete it and finish it, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I would be probably just as entertained by what I saw there is on a dry track. Mm. They would go a little slower, quite a bit. Um, and I feel more confident about that having watched them run the o- the Roval at Charlotte. They use banking in turn one and two and... Uh, they used the banking of one and two and three and four at Charlotte to run the Roval. Now, I know that they're accelerating a lot slower out of corners to get up onto those corners, those oval banking corners. Uh, but think about exit of turn two at, at Charlotte. Uh, they're carrying pretty decent speed there, and they seem to be pretty comfortable with what they were doing. We didn't see guys out of control wrecking. Now, if you watch the Xfinity race and they're coming through turn three and four, we saw guys sliding all over the place. They didn't wipe out into the wall. They didn't. When they slid a tire, it wasn't like, oh, they're gone. No saving it. Mm. Uh, you know, there's they can figure out how to drive in that box that that's going to put them in. Drive, give these drivers more credit uh, to be able to go out there and, and, and perform. I think that the drivers would rather run, not all of them, but uh, most of them would probably say, you know what, give me some rain tires. It's misting. This is yesterday at Texas. I'd run the race. Let's run it. I'd rather do that than sit here till Thursday or whatever it's going to be, right? We're really looking at a forecast that could potentially put us racing on Wednesday or Thursday. Uh, give me some rain tires. I'll slow down uh, and 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 make it work. Uh, and uh, and why would it? Why is why is why is it impossible? Why is it like impossible to think that it wouldn't work? Most ovals, all right, are banked. The water, whatever waters that you know, we're gonna race. We're only gonna race in very light conditions, not heavy rain. We're not gonna ask you to do that. But in conditions like we had yesterday, we're gonna say, hey, let's go out there and try to get this race done. At a in a bank track, the the water runs off the track. It doesn't sit on the track. We don't have standing water. In the puddles. There may be yeah. some standing water on the straightaways and some of the dog legs of the back straightaway. We need to we need to address that. But where the car loads. And where we're going to really be stressing this tire is the banking in the corners, and the rain runs off of that. So it's not ever going to be a situation where we're going to have a car hydroplaning through the corner. Um, it's going to be a very good situation where the rain's drained off of the racetrack, and, and it's a relatively reasonable ask as far as driver, car, and tire to go through the corner and make it. Uh, to me, that's why the oval... A wet, damp oval would be fine to race on, or, tr- or or it's worth a shot to try to see if we could develop it and make it and make it come to reality. Of course, we could develop it. Be, I don't understand the logic behind people to say it's an impossibility, and no, nothing's impossible. I mean, it's impossible to run one ninety. Yep. So in 1995, Terry Labonte tested rain tires at Martinsville. All right, it was part of Goodyear's effort that year to create rain tires for NASCAR road courses and ovals. And his comment, his quote, this is from Matthew, thank you. From NASCAR man's Twitter. Well, you sent it to me, is what I'm saying. That's why Formula One guys make so much money. I felt like I was on ice. That's what Terry Labonte said. That's what Terry said. (laughs) Um, You know, and Martinsville is a flatter track. 
probably not getting the the drain off that I would that that I would be talking about at a pl- and he's racing in torrential he's racing in hard rain. I'm yeah, looking at that doesn't at look it. good. He's got yeah. I don't. I'm not saying if it's going to create visibility issues. Yeah, we, we can't do it. Right. All right. You can't. You got to have a situation more similar to yesterday that was very frustrating, where we could almost get the track to start drying and then it would mist a little bit. That's the conditions I'm trying to say we need to race in or try to race in. Not when it's pouring rain and there's going to be rooster tails off the back of these cars. That's not what I'm asking people to accept or to or to open their or mind to, to try. Yeah. Yeah. All right, next question. Looking forward to oh, next weekend at Martinsville. The Xfinity Series goes there for the first time in many years. Do you have any predictions? Have you seen a truck race at Martinsville? <laughs> I, I would expect yeah. it to be a lot like that. A lot of beating and banging, especially with these cars and these bodies. I mean, they're they're plastic. The guys have gotten to where they don't mind hitting things with them because they're not worried about damaging anything critical that's going to affect the performance of the car. So I expect a lot of beating and banging, and there is a massive void of respect from dri- from driver to driver in that series that I haven't seen in a long time, and I'm 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 kind of liking it. Uh, I'm not sure I, I don't like it. Call you know I mean hey our guys were involved in a lot of things that went on at Texas, but I got to take a step back and go you know what um, from a from a from a big point of view, drama is good. You know that I don't. I hated that my guys were involved in it. It was extremely disappointing to see. But in a grand scheme, it's not bad for the sport to have all that up and down and 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 all that excitement at the end. Um, but you know, so I think that Martinsville is going to be the peak. When it comes to disrespect, beating and banging, guys mad, uh, people's fans uh, taken aback, uh, fans happy, fans mad, all that. I think all, all the emotions are going to be on display and intensified at Martinsville. It, it's certainly been that way for the cup races at Martinsville, which atten- we tend to see pretty rel- relatively a, a good amount of respect shown to all you know between all the cup guys at all the races they run. And we don't have that kind of stuff uh, that I'm talking about in the Cup Series. But when we go to Martinsville, we kind of do. We seem to have a bunch of, tr- you know, a bunch of wild nights at Martinsville. And I think that it's really going to be an insane race. I asked to be on the broadcast team for the Xfinity race at Martinsville. And I'm sort of thinking maybe that was a bad decision <laughs> because um, I want to just sit there and watch it because I think it's just going to be so crazy. But. And our guys are going to be in the middle of a lot of crazy. <laughs> our guys, our guys are going to be in the and middle a of a lot of that. Cutoff race, huh? cutoff race yes. for the four. It's well, I got to go be a broadcaster and try not to be the owner. And that, I think in those situations, it gets really hard. Um, and so, hey, hey. we'll see how it goes. Checking out, uh, that is going to be the test. Yeah. All right, next question coming from Hughes for Prez. Uh, talking about Josh Berry, we had him on last week, and then later in the week we announced that he's going to be running the number eight Xfinity car for us. Um, how did that come about? Did you know when we recorded the show that was coming? Yeah. That's my question, too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> me, um, you know, me and my sister have always tried to have this conversation just about every year. Um, when we're piecing together that eight car, 
uh, we always have to ask ourselves, what's what what if any opportunity is there for Josh uh, to get in this car? If it's one race, if it's no races, if it's ten races, you know, we we always have to uh, make sure we we um, we explore that, uh, and we don't ever want to have you know, missed an opportunity to get Josh on the racetrack. And um, so we got to talking about it more, and, and, you know, this is an opportunity that came about, and uh, this seems to just be the right, you know, this th- a lot of things lined up for it to happen. Um, this wasn't possible in the past years, and it is this time. So uh, it just seemed to be able to work out. It's, it's very coincidental that he's national champion, he's having this great year, and we're going to be able to get him in this Xfinity ride a little more often. Uh, he actually went this weekend to Greenville Pickens yes. and won thirty grand in the final uh, race of the year for the Cars Tour. There is no Martinsville race this year. Uh, the big 300 at Martinsville, the prestigious late mile stock race that hey, they have every season, is not going to happen this year. So to me, that kind of took its place. Uh, at Greenville Pickens, due to the payout of thirty grand, he also won the pole, which paid a little bit of money too. So, Connor Mozak I just won got the a, rookie of the year in cars. Yeah, he did. Too. I just got a text day. from Josh that the motor has passed tech. Oh, they uh, they took a couple of days to really tear it apart and destroy it. Oh wow! It. <laughs> wow. So, a couple of days. I wonder who. Tech. I know. I wonder who all got to look at it. That's kind of weird that they pull a motor and take it and ha- and keep it for a couple of days. Yeah. I think we need to dispel the uh, the the idea that this stuff was. Um, preceded josh's appearance on our show okay. uh, as far as what uh you know that there was news that was going to be announced because dale you announced it on sirius xm on thursday um th- so confirm with me that that was not something that was a tuesday announcement on on uh, or ready to go packaged up you're still live on the xfinity deal <laughs> i know i was just texting oh. josh back oh i got you well, <laughs> like, like, the, 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 you know <laughs> you were talking um <laughs> You know, I think that, uh, you know, it's just very exciting for us to be able to give Josh this opportunity. Well, did you hear my question? I didn't know you asked a question. <laughs> that, that's exactly. <laughs> that's so awesome. I was saying, can you confirm that this was not something that we knew about on Tuesday when Josh is w- was on our show? Because you, you announced it on Thursday. And a lot of people were like, why did y'all not say, oh, yeah, say it on the show? No, if, we and I'm like, that wasn't yeah. a situation. No, we didn't know it. Man, we lit. That's it cool. was, uh, we knew Thursday. Like when we told Josh Thursday, me and Kelly made me and Kelly. It was a decide. It was a decision made Thursday morning. Wow. We were talking about it for maybe forty eight hours, but it finally Kelly texted me and said, "All right," because we were trying to reach our other partners. We got Rick Hendrick as an owner in this program, in this, and he was over. He was over on a business trip, way far away. And so we had to reach out to everybody and say, "Hey, this is something that we think we can do, and we'd like to do, and we got to get everybody to check off on it." And uh, Kelly texted me Thursday morning and said, um, we're good. Let's do it. And I said, hey, I'm doing a lot of media with Josh today. I'd love to tell him during the media. And she goes, Ugh, I have to get more approvals. So she had to run around the office to all the different <laughs> departments here to get everybody to, to say, works for me. And, uh, yeah, it was a, it was a hustle because I wanted to tell Josh. Immediately. Or, immediately. You weren't going to hold that for, for, for another week. <laughs> no way. And I've been texting with him every day. Um, you know, this is what we need to do. Hey, think about this. Hey, we need to do this. All right, because I mean, I want this to work for him. I want him. I want this. We've tried really hard to give him opportunities, and I, and I want it to stick. And I want him to, you know, get on up there. So we'll see. 
We got time for one more. Yeah, we got time. All right. Uh, one more question coming from Nick at the races. What is your favorite cameo appearance you've made? Oh, my favorite cameo? Mm-hmm. Like, on, on anything? Yeah. Uh, MTV Cribs was always fun. Um, you know, back then when we were doing MTV Cribs, is that a cameo? Yeah. I don't well, know. I don't. Th- it's I, not. No. Yeah, I mean, I, I guess was, it could be. I, don't I was know, thinking I more of it. like the music video stuff. Oh, okay, music videos. T- um, TV. Yeah, well, you're not the the actual. Where subject, you're not like the, the primary. Yeah. Okay, okay. Interview subject. Um. Oh, I'll do. I mean, any music video is always fun. Because you you know you grow up never imagining you're going to be in a music video, and I grew up watching music video television, right? MTV and CMT and. Um, you never really imagine that you're, you're like watching these videos and you're like, never think you're going to be in one. So anytime that happened, that was really awesome. I can't even remember any of the other cameos such as like sitcoms and stuff. I, I'm trying know? to think of the same thing. Like is King of Queens, was that something King, you were in? Yeah. You were on King of Queens? Yeah. Oh, wow. I didn't know He was that. in King of Queens. There was another sitcom and I've, I'm completely drawing a blank. I think it might have. Not being King of Queens, it was the one before that that he did. He had a he had a sitcom before King. He did of Queens. Are they saying in the chat maybe? James. No, they're talking about other stuff. They're What's that guy's name? James. Yeah, I mean it, so, it, it, James's last name. Yes, dear. Yes, dear. Yes, dear. Thank that you. Was that, was yeah, that was it. That was it. Well, I he's ca- been yeah, in. I, the, they all blur together, yeah. honestly. Um, and not they, they were fun and nerve wracking to do, but um, he wanted to be. A cameo in the office that never happened. Yeah, oh. damn, I wanted. That's that. what he wanted. That was. But who the doesn't? Right? No, who doesn't? no, no. We <laughs> who doesn't watch the office and go? I, I want to imagine be myself being there, working, living there. Right. That'd what type fun. of character would you have been? Himself. I wouldn't. I'd have been myself. Just I'd been yourself. my own character. Wow. Yeah. Like, office plug yourself in. Plug yourself into that world. Right. Even that miserable, like that, that, <laughs> that challenging, unfun world that they all seem to. Make look a lot look like a lot of fun. Same way with like Cheers or any kind of big massive sitcom that anybody <laughs> watched for a long time ago. Everybody wanted to go to Cheers, right? Sit and yeah. have a beer. With, oh yeah, with absolutely. Those guys, right? Yeah. All right, guys. Well, that's it. I think most who listen to the show will agree this segment goes by way too quick, Mike. Yeah, uh, not just quick, but like Xfinity quick. Xfinity X5. Keeps me connected with great speed. I'm a customer, uh, so I know all about that. There's no better way to stay up to speed with NASCAR and Dirty Mo Media than Xfinity x That's right. And remember, Dale's here every week to answer your questions live on YouTube and on this podcast. So hit us up at the at Xfinity Racing handle on Twitter using the hashtag AskJunior for a chance to hear from Dale himself. A big thanks to Xfinity for being a premier partner of NASCAR. All right. What we got? Which you want? Last call. Last call. Yeah. We're done. Last call. All right, last call. This show is coming to a close. It's been a busy one. It's been a good one. I really enjoyed it, Mike. Yeah, it was good. Um, Lost Speedways. So NBCSN aired a couple episodes of Lost Speedways, the Metrolina episode, or Metrolina, as my uh, producer Marv likes to call it. (laughs) Um, They... they during the rain delay, uh, Middle Georgia also was one that got aired uh, this this week. So um, got a lot of great feedback from that. A lot of people haven't been able to venture on to, to Peacock uh, and and check it out. So a lot of people were seeing it for the first time. But 
it's been pretty awesome to uh, to have that have that uh, reaction and hear more people get that are getting to see the show for the first time have such a great positive reaction to Lost Speedways. If you haven't seen it, uh, go to Peacock TV and sign up. Uh, it's free uh, to watch all episodes of Lost Speedways season one. It's free and. Uh, Peacock is now on Roku, which I have a couple of Roku mm-hmm. televisions, and so uh, it's doing really well, I hear, on Roku. I hear that, too. I'm sure NBCSN is going to continue to air episodes uh, you know, throughout the fall here. Uh, I know that's their plan. I can't tell you when, but uh, that's, uh, yeah. that's the plan. Door bumper clear. Um, whenever <laughs> they get back from Texas, they're going to have a show. Yeah. Uh, what are the, those guys, their commitment. It's just kind of here and there, right? Yeah. It, yeah, yeah. I hope it doesn't break into any uh, babysitting time TJ has. You know, it's a, a big deal for well, him. Well, I wonder who he's got babysitting right, right. now. Yeah. TJ doesn't come back here and just say how bored to death he was sitting there in Texas in the rain. And I mean, that's what that's basically the whole whole show for this week. Yeah, because that's all I got from him in text message. No, no, oh. They will complain about how miserable the life of a spotter is. That'll oh, be yeah. the entire show this week about how the accommodations are either good or bad, and they'll expect the changes from Eddie Gossage. That will be that's my prediction. <laughs> yep. But anyways, whenever they returned from uh, sitting around waiting on the race to happen, they will come back here and do a show. Why can't we? You know, why can't they do their show there? They can. Why won't they? Because they, they're you know they're 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 spotters. They're, so busy. they're pampered. They're, they're busy playing. They really have nothing else to do games. right now. Yeah, they could do one. Yeah, Schultz, games. you can get on them. All right, guys. Thanks for uh, tuning in. Hope you enjoyed this show. We only got a couple more you left before the season is over. Um, yep. And we got some great ideas as well on those final few shows as in terms of guests. Mm-hmm. And I uh, can't wait to reveal who those will be. But uh, until then, man, we'll see you later. Sweet. Uh, let's do... Oh, I forgot to talk about... What is that? What's that? That's oh, a mask. Dirty Mo Media Mask. Oh. Let's take a look. You selling these? They don't fit my face. They look like a tube a top on one. my face. Oh, you have and a, a giant one. face. I have a giant face, yes. Oh, man. Do you sell these? Oh. oh no, Micah just had them uh, made this past week. Well, oh, so we yeah. probably will Thank sell. Thank you. I needed a mask. Um, shredded beef jerky. Wait, what? Wait, what? Shredded beef jerky. <laughs> what? That's kind of gross. Like, is it like a like chew? I can't. I don't know why that you guys don't know about this. Oh, well, I love beef jerky, so I want to know about it. <laughs> I mean, have you never been in any general store in the country? They sell yeah, this I everywhere. I was the other day. They sell this everywhere. Okay, no, so I've what, never what's seen it? You, shredded beef jerky. Why do you have it? Was this a gift or did you so, bring it? I like so. Um, I damn love beef. There's beef. a couple things that uh, that remind me of my childhood. Little cans of shredded beef jerky. So this has been a thing. Oh yeah, it's been around a long time. Um, gator gum. Remember gator gum? Mm-hmm. It was like Gatorade chewing mm-hmm. gum. Oh, gator gum. It was so tart. Anyhow. Um, I saw this, uh, you know, I saw this come across uh, my Amazon, and I was like, you know what? I'm going to get some of this. They had like a, a 32 units for such and such price, buying in bulk. That is a lot. Of and people. so, um, yeah, like one of these is one bite. Yeah. Oh. Oh. Yeah, like you dump all this in your mouth, and you're good to go. <laughs> Do you chew it or just it's like shredded? dip it like a dip? You eat it like you would eat shredded Tobacco? chicken. Yeah, in other words, no, you don't dip it. You, oh, I'm sitting there looking at it like you it's don't a put it in like a pouch. It is not. It is right. a tobacco can. So is it like a pouch? Like no, put beef jerky it's shredded beef jerky, like shredded chicken, so like any kind of shredded meat. It. You just eat you it. Just eat why it. would you want it shredded? Um, is it more moist? Nope. 
It's still dry. Moist. She said wow, that I'm word? I can't believe that. that. Um, most women won't say that word. No. Anyway. Um, they hate it, right? Casey Boat won't say I, it. I told Amy. It's she laughed, or she did not laugh. I said, "This is a like jerky, but it's you know how sometimes it's, you know you chew jerky and it sh- and it gets into your teeth because you got to chew it hard, right? Aggressively. Yeah, you got to floss afterwards. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, this is already chewed. So there's there, there's your answer. There's your answer. You don't have to floss. This is already already chewed. This is already chewed, and you just put it in your mouth and you enjoy the flavor and the I'm taste, out. and then you swallow it. I'm out. No. Can you show me what it looks like? Because I'm like really like seriously. I've never. I can't even imagine this. I love it. I eat it. Freaking gross, man. <laughs> it so, grosses so, most everybody out. Yeah, so you just carry this in your pocket. Oh, okay. Take a look at this. Is this like freaking beanie weenies? No, that looks like cow. No, no, it looks like spam. That looks gross. It's oh. very dry. Ew, yeah. That's disgusting. And, and you've eaten that? Oh, sh- oh that look, stuff? I spilt some. It's kind of like a very fine <laughs> sawdust. Do you sit there and pack it like a <laughs> like a dip can? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> he wears it in his back pocket. Hey, Dale's sitting there with his tobacco again. Look at him. He's going to the rodeo. Oh, yeah. Meanwhile, it's just beef jerky. Shredded beef jerky. <laughs> so good. You are the most hey, random freaking human being I've ever Do you carry it in your met. back pocket? No. You don't? I, I so was your walking, jeans don't have that uh, you know, I was ring. walking in, and I was like... I'm just gonna sit this on table because I don't want to sit on it. I got you. So no. Yeah. So you were, you did have it in your back pocket when yeah, you walked. Yeah, he brought in. it. I didn't. I said no. I was walked. I grabbed it out of my truck and walked in here, and I went, "I'm not putting this in my pocket because I don't want to sit on it." Oh, so I imagine you now driving with beef I jerky. I have to be very like in your truck now. Specific always. with these guys. They want to put this in my back pocket. But it's never been but there. But it's in your console. Never been there, man. So what was Amy's reaction? I mean, like you said she didn't laugh. She rolled her she eyes. She hates she it. She thought it was ridiculous. Well, she believes she doesn't like she doesn't like um she doesn't like me. How do I say this? She believes that when I eat jerky, I get gas. Oh my. I mean, that's kind of a f- fact. Well, not and you, so everybody. when I show when I present jerky in the house, she goes, "Oh, oh no, no, yeah, you're gonna, you're you're gonna, you're a stink, you're it's a coming. fart." <laughs> yep. So that's why it's in your truck. Yeah. <laughs> it stays in his truck. That's the ultimate security measure. Yeah. Somebody's about to get, break into that truck, and they're like, "Oh, <laughs> I'm out." There you go. Yeah. And if I, I eat anything that Amy um, doesn't like. This is like Amy's. Uh, def- this is like a defense mechanism for Amy. So if she, she does, she, if if I bring home jerky, right? She goes, "Ooh, jerky! Why you want to eat that? Ooh, it's all shredded, gross!" Like you, right? Your same sorry, reaction. Two hours later, I fart. <laughs> is that jerky? <laughs> Don't is that jerky that did that? If she doesn't like something. It's going to be the reason for it's whatever. It's going to be the reason yeah. for the farts. Yeah. yeah. A day later. A yes. week later. Yep. Yes. There's that jerky coming up. I knew it. Yeah. Yeah. It's <laughs> them know? ugly shoes you're wearing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's that damn stupid shirt you're wearing. Yeah, it's the jerky. There oh, you go. Oh, my goodness. All right. We'll leave them on that note. That'll, All right. That'll do it. Signing off. <laughs> <laughs> this bit of badassery was badassery was made by badass. Dirty Mo Media. Dirty Mo.